This is the M6P, episode 123, with your host Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Jared Mayo, what's going on, man? Dude, how the heck are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Can you see? Uh, I could see a whole lot better. Did I tell you that I'm going to actually have to go and get my eye, my right eye touched up? Yeah, yes, very Hollywood of you, just getting a little touch-up of little, your cosmetic uh, little, surgery. A little touch-up, uh, you know, just the right eye. The left eye is perfect. Actually, it's not, but... <laughs> well, the left do? eye is huge, and your right eye is just little bitty. <laughs> right. Right, whatever. <laughs> How are you? Both of us are in recording in new locations tonight. Yes, I am at a hotel getting ready to head to Wizard World Pittsburgh, and you have been fired, so you're at home. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I quit. But... Oh, you quit. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so um, I officially don't work at my old job anymore, which is, uh, I've worked there for 12 years, man. So when you went in there to quit, you pushed the, the owner's door open, you kicked it open with your foot, you slammed your hand down on the desk, and you said, I'm out of this cesspool, <laughs> right? No, I, I <laughs> didn't. You did it. I went in there and I said, would it be okay? <laughs> <laughs> No, it was very good. It was very... Actually, I went in there in March, and uh, I I said, I can give you till the end of April, uh, and then they said, well, can you work longer? I said, maybe I can do to the end of, of May, and they were like, okay, so middle of June, <laughs> and I said, no, 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 the end of May, and they were like, right, right, so the first week of June, I was like, no, <laughs> the end of May, so... um. Uh, May 28th, no, May 31st was a Friday. That was my last day. But then I was uh, on contract as a consultant for a while. So that yeah. was cool till the middle of July. So until a couple weeks ago. But now I'm officially done and I, I'm i jobless. I'm jobless. I'm yeah. actually just as jobless as you are. So maybe not completely jobless. Jobless? Right. I ain't jobless. Right, exactly. Like you and I are both, we're, we're both... We had the same amount of work, right? We just we just don't work for the man. The man! Stick it we, to the man! We are the man. Well, I guess so. It depends who you... You know, yeah. I'm the man. <laughs> That's what that... Have you heard the killer song, I'm the man? No. Oh, man. That one gets me going in the gym. That are you comes serious? On. The killers? Oh. Yeah, you have to listen to it. Not Killer Mike, right? No, the killers. Do you know who Killer Mike is? I don't. Okay. Isn't he from... Uh... Run the Jewels? Uh, is this some sort of millennial talk I don't understand? No, didn't they? They had the, the Black Panther song. The song that was on the Black Panther tra trailer, right? And didn't oh. they have a song in uh, Into Spider-Verse? Uh, am, I, am I more hip than you? I find that hard to believe. No, because you used the word hip, so <laughs> you're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going on with me. I gotta go under the knife. Uh, under the laser, and I'm no longer working. So, um, good so, luck, Jackie, you know? Are you just charging this to the government to do all your medical bills then? Yeah, I mean, why not? No, actually, this touch-up is free, so. Ooh. They were like, you know, we messed up, 
And actually, they were very careful not to admit that they messed up. They were oh. just like, yeah, I mean, it could be better. Um, so why don't you come back in? Uh, so does that mean I got to pay for it? No, no, of course not. <laughs> no, 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 that's not. No, we'll take care of it. Oh, okay. It sounds like an admission of guilt. <laughs> so anyway, we got some big things that I would want to just jump into tonight. We have oh, some let's jump. three major topics. Number one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number two, San Diego Comic-Con. All these amazing announcements about the MCU. And number three, Jonathan Hickman's House of X, number one, came out yesterday. Yes. Uh, so all those, we got to jump into them. Um, this is the M6P. It's a comic book podcast. Uh, you can find us on, let's see, our website, the M6P.com. Follow us on Twitter at the M6P. You can email us at M6PLLC at gmail.com. Yes, you can hit us up on all the social medias that all these millennials are using, like the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Twitters. We're on all that stuff, Instagrams, all those under the M6P. You can even be a part of our show by giving us a call. You go to your mom and dad's wall. They have this little machine on the wall. It has this long dangly cord. You pick it up and you press 616-755-TINA and you leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the air. 616-755-TINA. Be a part of our show. I, you probably have to dial one first if you're using that kind of phone, right? Yes, and, and not from a rotary phone. <laughs> right. Unable to take a rotary phone <laughs> Uh, we are sponsored by DCB Service, Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service, DCBS, no, DCBService.com, the best place on all the world to get your single issues. Order them two months in advance and get up to 40% off, DCBService.com. They're the best. Also, we're sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. You can check them out at CRPSavings.com. We're also sponsored by MichaelWebSolutions.com. And lastly, we're sponsored by TheMarvelousBox.com. For $25 a quarter, you get over $100 of Marvel graphic novels in a blind box subscription service delivered right to your front door. Check out TheMarvelousBox.com. Uh, that is fantastic. One thing before we jump in. I wanted to say, I read Jason Aaron's War of Realms number 6. Because we talked about maybe doing a follow-up recording of that. Do you remember this? Yeah, well, I do. I did not like issues one through five, but I really, really liked issue six. So I wanted to tell you that because maybe I was in a grumpy mood. Maybe I just wasn't. <laughs> like, I really, like, you were even giving me a hard time how much I disliked it. But I thought issue six was fantastic. So was it worth reading the first five? Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was. I think it was that good. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it set up some some good places to go from there, and it actually made me want to go back and reread all of Aaron's stuff. Wow. You know, because I think there was a lot of cameos and Easter eggs that I didn't necessarily appreciate in War of Realms because I hadn't been reading the first, you know, eighty issues of his run. That's true, but I mean, you could even see the seeds of it in Original Sin. You know. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. This... So, um, let's see. Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm sure... We're, we're going to spoil it. It's been out for several weeks now, right? It's been out for 23 days. That's three it's weeks. 83 years. 
<laughs> so, what did you think? Well, I'm pretty sure that since I liked it, you must have hated it. <laughs> Am I right? I watched it twice. Okay. So it wasn't the drudgery of all Spider-Man movies? It was... <laughs> The first time I watched it, I talked Jackie into going to see it with me. And we were in training up in Pennsylvania. And so we had one night off. And I was like, you know, we could see Spider-Man. We could, we could, see, we could go watch Spider-Man. We could, <laughs> we could go see this movie, Spider-Man. And so finally she went. And I think I was so nervous um, that I had talked her into going and she didn't want to go that I just thought it was awful. I thought it was terrible. Oh, no. And so I was sitting there and I was like, man, this is, I don't even enjoy this. This is a waste of time. It's not my Spider-Man. It's, but then I took the kids when we got home and I got to say, I really, really liked it. The second time with no pressure, I thought it was really good. Was anything different besides the pressure? I think that I started to, like, I, I noticed like the, the graphics, the computer animation was really good. It was really, really good. Um, I liked how he couldn't rely on all his tech. It ended up being him. I liked how he was totally beat down and he was like at the end of his rope and he had to figure out what to do. I liked how he was, you know, even though he's following in Tony's footsteps, sort of, um, he had to find his own way. And so coming to his own on what he's good at and what he's not good at, um, I thought that the twist with Mysterio was fantastic. I loved it. And not only that, but we, we're going back and we the whole family is watching all 23 movies um, in order of release. And so we watched The Incredible Hulk. And the animation on that is just so terrible compared to Far From Home. Now, I mean, obviously it was 11 years ago, but it's just awful. And so it really made me appreciate uh, that kind of that animation. There were some sequences and stuff that I didn't like, and I thought was over the top. And um, but I thought they did a good job of capturing what Mysterio would be like in the comics, you know. And I'm glad that it had nothing to do with magic. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was there was a, you know there's a couple things that just him being connected to the MCU kind of irk me. Um, I would rather him be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And they kept saying, oh, well, he's the neighborhood Spider-Man. Do you have any, anything to do in the neighborhood? Protect the neighborhood. But we've never seen that. They were just trying to instill it in us. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, I think the big thing that at the end, I was like, finally, he can be that neighborhood Spider-Man. Because he doesn't have to live in Tony Stark's shadow. He doesn't have to be the next Avenger or anything like that. He can fight... Uh, the Kingpin or some organized crime or Tombstone or something like that. He can he can do it next movie. But then the mid credit scene, they ruined that. He can't <laughs> now. He can't be a neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, when are we going to just see the status quo? Yeah. What do you think? I think you and I agreed. And I've, I'm looking out outside my window to see if hell is freezing over. But <laughs> I don't see that. So it must be good. Wow. <laughs> This is no, two I, movies that we agreed on. This, <laughs> Captain Marvel and uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I think just as you're getting older, you're acquiring taste. Wow. Is what I think it is. That's pretty rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty rude. <laughs> <laughs> so it started out kind of slow for me because it was very much uh, teen drama 
love, you know, like travel road show, you know. And I just, I'm like, could he please put on the Spider-Man mask and go punch bad guys, you know? So I think the first act was definitely slow for me. Uh, and you just knew the Mysterio shift had to come. But how they did it was what really impressed me in, yes. in connecting it with the scientists all the way from the first Iron Man movie. Yes. And eight. Like, what? <laughs> it was crazy. That was awesome. It makes total sense that there would be a scientist upset that Tony took his tech, named it Barf. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, it was, it was genius. I thought it was great. A great <laughs> twist. And just how they, he went around and he's like, this scientist has been mad about this. This has been mad about this. We're using drones. You know, it is 2019. That makes sense. He's not using, like, little, you know, cubes with magic inside of them, with illusions. So I didn't mind that that kind of stuff deviated from the comics. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind that either. Yeah. I think if the movies were 100% straight-up adaptations of the comics, there really would be no surprise. There'd be no reason to see it because you know exactly everything that's going to happen. So I think that this one found that good middle ground of making it accessible for uh, comic book fans, but then also uh, movie stuff. You know what I mean? It wasn't so, some of the movies, they get so far away from the source material and some stay so close that you're not surprised. So I thought this one did really good with that. And uh, then yeah, the, like the I think what really just I love the the animations. I love the battles. Uh, when the Iron Man came out of the gra- the ground, it was like Marvel zombies. Yeah, <laughs> so that was sweet. When Mysterio was messing with him with all the illusions, that I felt like I was in the Into the Spider Verse movie because it I felt like I was in a comic book, and that movie really made me feel like a comic book. So with his illusions, so it was so trippy that it seemed like a legit Mysterio versus Spider-Man comic book. Loved yeah. that. It, and I, I think I usually dislike the um those things in um you know I I do kind of usually dislike that. Like the, all the computer graphics and animations so that the point like where it's just so wacky and everything, but the reason why they did it in this movie, I thought okay, that that makes sense to me. Like I I well, see the thing is you could tell sometimes he looked a little rubbery, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. everything's like dancing around him and everything, and he's, you know, just flying like the shards and everything flying, it was kind of hard for me to to get into it. But then when he would hit something and it was a crane behind the illusions or something like that, and he would hurt his hand, uh, that's why I was like, oh yes, okay, so that that makes sense. I'm glad they're not going too far out. They're staying like, what would it really be like, you know? Oh sure, yeah. And I, I liked how they introduced the drones earlier in a humorous way. I mean, obviously with Brad and he's targeting Brad and everything, you're you get introduced to this thing that is used later on in the movie. And so it's not like the the humorous thing isn't out of left field, and then like uh, Magneto's tech isn't out of left field. They did a good job tying that together. Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to put it. Uh, I also like how the different suits that he had were not completely tech based. And then the, like, he had a tech-based suit, you know, the Iron Spider, and but he didn't stick with that the whole movie. Um, you know, then he was in the black. So it was, it was really him doing it. And then at the end, when he had to build his own suit, he didn't go off the rails. He didn't have, like, a spider beetle as he had in the first one or whatever, a little spider drone. But 
he used the suit and he used his powers in conjunction with each other that made him outsmart the drones. He just wasn't superior technology, like how he was shooting the webs and everything um, yeah. to do like a catapult and to get the 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 shield and um, to cat uh, to what am I trying to say to throw the <laughs> bomb that exploded or whatever. You know you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So. I really enjoyed all of that because it showed he used his smarts. He didn't rely on over-the-top tech. Um, another thing I really liked was how he just he wanted a vacation. And the, the reason why is because he really couldn't deal with Iron Man dying. Um, and so he would turn away from the suit. He didn't want to bring it. He didn't, you know, he was very shy t- and... Uh, you know, Aunt May packed it and everything. I thought that was really, really good because it showed the human aspect. He's having a hard time being a hero because he feels like he let Tony down. So anyway, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say that, yeah, so the whole movie is great. Enjoying it. The parts that you just brought up were perfect. I'm glad that you said those. Then you know something's going to happen for the end credits. Right. You're like, "Uh, what's it going to be? You know, something silly. Holy freaking cow. J. Jonah J. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could not pick my jaw up off the floor. Freaking out. Were so, you? Well, yeah, like it blew me away because uh, uh, the whole time we're talking about the multiverse, right? And then yeah. we find out that that's a hoax. But then J. Jonah Jameson shows up. It's the same guy. Is is he just... Is he... like? How is it okay for him to reprise that role in the MCU? Has is that unprecedented? Yeah, they've done interviews with the writers, and they just said, "Who who else could play J. Jonah Jameson?" That's true. It like he just blew that character out of the water, and uh, they said, you know, he filmed in front of a green screen for all of like you know fifteen to twenty minutes one day, and that was it. You know, his hair's different. Yes. So. It is a different J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> it's, a diff- it's J.K. Simmons, right? Is that the guy? Yeah. That- mm-hmm. he, is, he is so good. He is so good. And he was in the original Sam Raimi ones, right? He wasn't in the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah, he was the Sam Raimi ones. Wow. And so but he- then, you know, so you pick up your jaw off the ground. Okay, now I'll watch the credits. Blah, blah, blah. What'd you think? I can't believe that. Oh, me gosh. <laughs> That's what my niece says. She says, oh my gosh. The Skrulls were Nick Fury and Maria Hill? Oh, that's pretty awesome. I really oh. enjoyed that. And how they were embarrassed and they had to call him because they, they were like, oh, we didn't really handle it that well. Yeah. But what does that what does that mean? That I mean, this could be secret invasion. This could be a billion different things. Who else are Skrulls? When when have people been replaced? Maybe some characters that have died didn't really, you know, they were like it just opened up a, a Pandora's box. Well, I, the impression I got was kind of the Occam's Razor type of thing is just he wanted a vacation or he's on a mission in outer space, and so he was like, "Hey, can you fill in for me?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then like they basically said, "Oh, oops, we thought we could, but we didn't really do a good job, so you probably have to come back." I like how he was like, oh, we gave him we gave him the, the glasses. It was touching, you know? It was really touching. <laughs> that part cracked me up. I thought that was so funny. So, and then I'm thinking, you know, so where Fury is, is that sword? Is that what that is, you know? 
what is he up there running? Yeah. I just assumed that the, the Avengers were off world because didn't at one point Mysterio was like, okay, the Avengers aren't coming. Yeah. But who, who are the Avengers, you know? Right. Yeah. Kind of different spots. So would you rate this better than homecoming? Yeah. I like this one better than homecoming. Did you? That's really tough to do. I I think I do. I, I, I think I like Michael Keaton better. Uh, than Jake Gyllenhaal, but overall the feel of a true Spider-Man, I thought this one was better. It, it was kind of weird because they really had to deal with Endgame, they had to deal with Tony dying, and it was all shoehorned in there with the people coming back, and how were you going to deal with that? And they did a good job dealing with that, but that was the backdrop to a Spider-Man story. It's very difficult to have a true, essential Spider-Man story when you're you know, doing a, a huge crossover like that. And I have to agree with you. I still, uh, you know, his identity has been revealed. He's got this Iron Man tech. Uh, he went to Washington, D.C. He went to Europe. I would really like a movie where he's Spider-Man, his identity is secret, and he's swinging around New York doing yes. his... I still would like to see that. I don't know if we're going to, but that'd be nice. And Mary Jane. I want Mary Jane to be this redhead model, too. Well, I, I was thinking about that. So, didn't... Feige say that this isn't Mary Jane, it's just MJ? Yeah, but are they just trolling us now? Or, or was he lying? Or she's a scroll? <laughs> I It never made sense to me in the comics that Peter has this supermodel wife. It never made sense. Um, obviously, they're going for diversity, but I think I mean, she said it, she had the line there. She said, he said, you look beautiful or you look pretty. And he said, she said, so therefore I have worth. And she was joking <laughs> yeah. with him. But I think that's really what they're going for. They're saying, look, we're not going with the super feminine love interest. We're not going with the hot girl that everybody wants. We're going with somebody who's quirky, who it makes sense that they would like each other because he's kind of awkward too. Um, and I can appreciate that. And I like her as a character. I don't. I hope she's not Mary Jane. I'd rather her name be something else. But I like her as a character, and I see, you know, I see the potential there. And there's some weird chemistry there, but it's there. I don't even like her as a character. She's got a bad attitude. She's not very nice. She, she's. I don't know what about her character would make me enjoy her. She's just not nice. See, I I liked her better in this one than the other one. And I like Ned better in the other one than I did in this one. Huh. He was kind of flat in this one. I don't really care for the supporting cast because I still want to... F- I guess I'm still looking for that Spider-Man to... The friendly neighborhood to Spider-Man to come out. So then when Flash is there, I'm like, oh, just move about. Oh, Mary Jane, move about. Like, Peter, do your thing. Ignore these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? They were trying to make a point there with flash how his mom wasn't able to pick him up and how like he's like why would they emphasize that in this movie the whole movie is done and all of a sudden they have a shot of uh of flash and his his, you know chauffeur the butler picking him up and he said oh mother couldn't make it no like why was the audience care about that at this point especially because he hasn't really been there hasn't been a character growth in the film itself with him so why would they do that? Are they setting it up for a different movie or why do we care? Yeah. I think maybe that's more of a, maybe something for us diehards like, to just see what things are like with the comics and stuff and his relationship there. But, but you're right. 
outside of the three or four lines he had, why would you care about this guy? Right, yeah, it, it just seemed odd. We didn't see anybody else's parents picking him up, and we know that he's kind of a neglected kid, but it had nothing to do with the story. And these these movies, I can't think of one that, I mean, maybe Winter Soldier, but I really can't think of one that really gets into the heart of a character and really looks at their, like, as an emotional movie. I mean, the other Spider-Man movies, the previous Spider-Man movies, you're looking at, you're not looking at action. You're not looking at humor. You're looking at the character and like what makes them tick and what motivates them, whether it's positive or negative emotions. But I don't think any of the MCU movies have been focused on on that kind of character depth. Uh, Captain Marvel. Are you serious? No. Get out of here. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> anyway, overall, I thought it was good and I, I, I liked it better than Homecoming. I thought Marissa yeah. Tomei is cute as Aunt May. I think she's good. <laughs> I liked but, her and the Happy Hogan stuff. Yeah, that was good. But I tell you, man, John Favreau in this versus Iron Man 1, that poor guy, he's falling apart. <laughs> hey, you can definitely see his uh, growth as a character, too. His, yes. Yeah. 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 I thought, well, I mean, between these two films, specifically between Homecoming and Far From Home. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, uh, for some reason, I thought from Iron Man 1. Well, yes, you can see from Iron Man 1, but I meant the character growth from between Homecoming, where he just treated him as a nuisance, and Far From Home, where he's taking pity on him, kind of bringing him under his, under his wing because both of them have lost Tony, um, and yet cultivating something that can grow beyond him, you know? Yeah, I, I wasn't following you. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't... I I've. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> All right, anything else on uh, Far From Home? Uh, I'm going to go see it again next week, so it was good. Look at you. Look at you. Amazing. Oh, did you take Did you take a notebook? I didn't. Not this time, though. I'm always interested. That should always be the first question if you go if Andy goes to see a movie. Did you take a notebook or not? Laugh it up, man. Laugh it up. Which one did I take it to, anyway? You've only taken it to one? I can't remember, but there was one specifically that we talked about. I think it was an X-Men movie. Well, let's go back and listen to the past 122 episodes, and we will find out. (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) All right, the MCU announcements with San Diego Comic-Con. Go for it, man. Tell me what's up. Smokes, dude. So we got the net. Well, we have the official announcement of four new and five new TV shows. We also had the official announcement of five new movies and then one project that we don't know whether it's a TV show or a movie. So for the movie front, we've got Black Widow, which, you know, pictures had leaked uh, from the set. Marvel just never had announced it officially until San Diego Comic-Con. Right. And, uh, you know, Scott Johansson's going to be back as Black Widow. Then we have The Eternals, which we got to finally see the entire cast. It's a very diverse cast uh, being headed up by Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie. Oh, I did not know that. I think those two. Okay. Yeah, those are the, the two big names. There are some other names that you might recognize, but those are the the big people. You know, they are the the Andy to the Jared Oh, obviously, yes. Yeah, that's a great comparison. I'll be... Who are you out of those two? They're carrying this show. (laughs) 
I'll be Selma Hayek. You can be Angelina Jolie. <laughs> so uh, I think Eternals is going to be interesting because even as hardcore Marvel fans, there isn't all. There are so many hardcore Marvel fans that don't really know much about them. They don't have nearly the amount of appearances as all the other movies. Uh, so I'm guessing that Marvel is really going to use the name Eternals and some of the Jack Kirby imagery and a couple of the you know, characteristics of these characters, but they can kind of build these up from the ground and make them who they want to be and how they want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You think yeah. they're going to, you think they're going to last for the next three phases? My, my impression is that Kevin Feige did not see an opening with Fox for the X-Men to ever come back. It just wasn't going to happen. So planning all these movies out, you know, five to ten years in advance, we had to figure out where we're going to go after the Avengers. We need some sort of mutant-like group. And they didn't want to do the Inhumans. So they went with this group called the Eternals to kind of be their version of X-Men. where They've got these cool powers. They don't have to have... Uh, you don't have to do an origin story for each one of these characters. They're just... They just have powers, you know, yeah. and you springboard a million different movies from these characters because they're so unique. Let's go with the Eternals. Well, now X-Men is home. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Eternals, really. Well, you know, you do bring up a very good point because the Avengers movie was a sequel to six of them. And so they had introduced these characters and they assembled them. Uh, to the Avengers movie. They haven't introduced any of the Eternals, and they haven't assembled any of them. And so we're just jumping in, kind of like a Justice League movie. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of that. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's be... what you just told me. I mean, I hadn't thought of it before either. But yeah, we haven't seen any of these characters, and they're going to do an ensemble. Like, what, what helps the... But I mean, we had that with Guardians of the Galaxy, I suppose. You're right. You're right. Uh, they also announced Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm excited about that one. I think that one's going to be good. Yes, I love it when they connect that stuff. And the Ten Rings is all the way from the first Iron Man movie. Yep, yep. The, the legit Mandarin is also going to appear in this movie, which is scheduled for February of 2021. So we've got some time, but sure. I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Uh, another one I'm that they, they announced, which is also coming out in 2021. So I guess I should back up. Black Widow and Eternals are both coming out in 2020, and then the next three are coming out in 2021, which uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. that they, they also announced that Scarlet Witch is going to appear in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's cool. I so maybe, that. you know, Multiverse of Madness, what is this going to entail? Are we going to see some some other characters? Or is this how we're going to bring the X-Men in and the Fantastic Four? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in this one. Also, the director said that Doctor Strange is going to have his gloves. So I know that's a big point of contention for you. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I watched Ragnarok this week at the gym. They were playing it, and I saw his gloves. I was like, there's Doctor Strange. 
Uh, and then the last movie that they announced is Thor, Love and Thunder. And that's, that's the last Marvel movie in the Phase 4. Uh, that's coming out in November of 2021. Uh, Thor, Valkyrie are back. But also Jane Foster will be making her reappearance in the Marvel Universe. And she will be declared Thor. Interesting. I have heard of that. So, what do you think about that? Well, the other comment that was made was that the movie might possibly be about uh, Valkyrie being the queen, the king of New Asgard and how she'll be looking for her queen. So if the, the movie Thor Love and Thunder, if it, it really is telling the story of Valkyrie looking for a queen to help run New Asgard and how Jane Foster is worthy and becomes Thor... I'm wondering where Chris Hemsworth character fits into his own movie. <laughs> uh, right. I know that everyone loved Ragnarok, and I liked it, but it was my least favorite of the Thor movies. Oh wow! Goodness. Because it really wasn't so much about Thor. I want to see a th- like the Spider-Man we were just talking about. Yeah. I want to see a Thor movie where it's Thor and he's going from realm to realm and he's kicking the butts of frost giants and he's kicking the butts of elves and all that stuff. I really want him to be the A story and not be this background character to Jane and Valkyrie. It doesn't have anything to do with me being a misogynist or hating women or people of color or lesbians or like any of that stuff. It's just I love Thor so much and I really want to make sure that this is like his movie to shine. He's he's really gone through the gauntlet with, you know, his eye and he cut his hair, for goodness sakes. He got a beer belly. Let's let this guy shine. You know? That's where I'm going. Interesting. So, <laughs> you know, we just watched last night the first Thor. And that really was, you know, I'm trying to think of these movies that is an in-depth character look. And that that really is. And Branagh, Kenneth Branagh did a great job of saying, like, this guy went from, uh, you know, temper tantrum baby to... Uh, somebody who you know can hold his own and is is worthy of ruling and worthy of wielding the hammer um is is that what you're saying you want do you want that kind of character or do you want just him to go back and smash stuff and be the best he is at what he is <laughs> yeah i want him to be wolverine in his own movie <laughs> yeah yeah be wolverine why not with a hammer <laughs> well i mean is that what you're saying or are you looking for the character or you're looking for the action i no i'm looking for Thor giving the action, I guess, basically. Like, War of Realms, you know, I want to see him going from realm to realm, just fighting, you know? Thor 2 could have been so good, but it relied on these B-plots that were just kind of silly. And Thor 1 was great because it established who he was and he had that growth process. And then Thor 3, they're like, um, what do we do with it? Let's just destroy Asgard and have it really be the Thor and Hulk show with Valkyrie. And look, like it just kind of, for me, got a little bit bogged down with so many side characters as opposed to putting the the focus on Thor. I can I can see that from I I didn't I didn't see that until you mentioned it, but I can see it from your perspective for sure. 
But I didn't not like Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok was a great movie. But of, no, you can hate it. That's fine. No, I don't. No, but you, of, you can you could be that person. Well, I know that people are like, you like Dark World? Yeah, <laughs> Dark World. I like Dark World a lot. <laughs> we're gonna. I've only seen it once, and we're gonna watch it again here pretty soon. All I remember about it is that uh, Loki stole the show. He was fantastic in it. Yeah, he was. He did a killer job, literally. What do you think about those that have been announced? So, okay, so Black Widow, Eternals, Doctor Strange, Thor. What was number five? Shang-Chi. Oh, Shang-Chi, right. Um, I'm really looking forward to Black Widow, probably the most out of any of them. Ooh, tell me why. I love that character. She's great. She's great in the MCU, and she's great in the 616. Um, she's, she's, I find her extremely interesting. Her background, her history, what she stands for, how good of a fighter she is. Um, I love the spy stuff. You know, um, I, I think Taskmaster is supposed to be the villain or one of the villains. I cannot wait to see him. That's going to be amazing. Um, Shang-Chi, I guess I'm very interested because it's street level and also has to do with the Mandarin bringing that back. Eternals, ah, eh, not so much. If they introduce Her- Hercules, I'm, I'm interested a little bit. Um, which if you listen to the show for any period of time, you know that's a weird thing because the Incredible Hercules was such a crap. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. You go that and Amadeus. <laughs> Amadeus Joe. Um, so if they introduce him, I think that would be good. I don't really care about Icarus or Cersei or, 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 or anything like that. Um, let's see, where are the other two? Uh, Thor, um, I could go either way on that. Uh, it's the same director as Ragnarok. I don't mind Jane becoming Thor because it does fit the comics. Um, I don't know, but I am nervous where they're going to take it and, you know, are my kids going to be allowed to see it? type of thing you know sure well they're saying doctor strange is going to be the scariest movie they've made well that's really the only thing that excites me about that like i could go for a marvel scary movie um and doctor strange last time was just so boring i was like so boring so if you can kind of <laughs> spice it up a little bit that'd be great <laughs> but what well, scarlet witch is going to be in it do you are you a big fan of her I'm not a big fan of her, but I think that she's she's good in the MCU. The only thing I'm a fan of Scarlet Witch is is M Day. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like that intrigues me. The whole House of M thing. But I don't care about her other than that. She's weird. If I can't <laughs> understand your power, then really, yeah, I, I, I I'm not interested. I do a Maybe. lot of magic. What does that mean? <laughs> I can alter reality. What does that mean? Let me show you. Now you don't even know I did it. It's all different. Ah! Wow. Tell me how you really feel, Andy. <laughs> don't, don't get offended by this. <laughs> so the last product, well, I mean, we'll get into the TV shows, but he, Kevin Feige ended the panel with Marshala Ali coming out, who played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage, and he put on a hat that said Blade, and they announced Blade. They said that would be part of Phase 5, but whether it will be a movie or TV show, they did not announce. I would love this. I think that's fantastic. That's probably, other than Black Widow, 
that's probably my favorite announcement. It was shocking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it on two fronts. Because, one, he's already been in the MCU, supposedly, with the Netflix show. And then also, you, I mean, it's weird to think about a Blade movie in the MCU, right? All those movies were rated R. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, I didn't even think of that. Will this be the first R? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would want it pretty hardcore. I don't know if you could do a vampire film with the same kind of ha-ha-ha. But, I mean, I guess it depends <laughs> if they're going to be doing a... I don't know. It depends how scary uh, Doctor Strange is, right? What What did you think about that announcement? Doctor Strange? No, no, Blade. Oh, no, I'm psyched. I loved Blade. I loved Blade and uh, Blade 2. Blade 3 was... But <laughs> it was... I mean, if you think about it, Blade came before X-Men and Spider-Man movies. Yes. He really kind of put it out there. and. Yes. Uh, Wesley Snipes and Whistler and uh, you know Daryl from Walking Dead, they were all in it. <laughs> <laughs> Norman Reedus, right? Yeah, Norman Reedus. Yeah, but he's Daryl. Oh call him. my bad, my bad. But I think that if anybody could have these first, you know, seven hundred and eighty-three Marvel movies and TV shows put together and incorporate a vampire hunter, it's Kevin Feige. And I think <laughs> if anybody could beat Wesley Snipes or at least go toe-to-toe with him, it's Marshall Ali, because he killed it as Cottonmouth. He did a great and the job. Wor- he was the best that- thing about that show. And I was going to say, the worst thing that happened to Luke Cage was that he died in the sixth episode, and then we had seven more, like, without the greatest villain. <laughs> yep. We had to settle for Shades and Mariah. Now, I love me some Mariah, and I love Shades, but, but it was... I mean, Cottonmouth was the best. Cottonmouth was the best, absolutely. All right, so what are some of the other shows that were announced? Well, wait a minute. Okay, so you said five movies. I could only think of four. How come? Black Widow, Eternals. Oh, Andy, did you take your pills this morning? Oh, Shang-Chi. No, I didn't take my B12. Oh, (laughs) Shang-Chi and then Doctor Strange. Got it. My bad. My bad. B12 is for energy, not for your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so those were the movies. And then Kevin also ended the panel saying, I'm sorry we ran out of time to talk about the Fantastic Four or the Mutants. So there are a billion clickbait articles out there saying, Kevin Feige officially announces Fantastic Four. That's not what he said. But that's, He's just I mean, we, we put up a clickbait article about that, right, didn't we? Didn't we? No, we should have. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> so then there were also five Disney Plus series that were announced officially. Uh, but we we already knew about all these. So the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be six episodes. And it starts 2020 in August. Uh, WandaVision is six to eight episodes. In yeah, because 20- we want more of them instead of Cap and Falcon. Well, so WandaVision is going to have Scarlet Witch and Vision, but it's also going to have a grown-up Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. Right, right. You know, she was just like a kid. Well, now she's grown up, and she's going to be in WandaVision. And then WandaVision will end, and the events from WandaVision will dovetail into Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. Right. I had heard that. Awesome. 
So the talk. I like, I like how they're fitting them together. Well, there was also a rumor too that WandaVision was going to take place in the fifties. So with all those different things put together, the thought is that possibly the whole multiverse and time travel and or whatever WandaVision is going to kind of be the Vision ongoing series from when he had a family and everything, uh, and then it will dovetail into that will explain how they're in the 50s or whatever and then the multiverse brings them to Doctor Strange. I don't I don't know how it all connects, but that's the talk. Hmm. It's what the kids are saying. Those kids, they're always saying Dang something. millennials, get out of my yard. <laughs> you know? Okay, so we got those two shows. So then we also have Loki and that's going to also be in early 2021 and it's going to tell the story of what happened to Loki after he took the Tesseract, and disappeared in Endgame. See, that one's weird to me because it'll be two years by the time that comes out. Will people still care about what happened to him when he took the Tesseract? Uh, Yeah, people flip out about Tom Hiddleston. You know? He's alright, I guess. He has a fan following, you know? Yeah. I think people are more excited about Loki than a lot of others. What? So do you. But, you know. Right. Well, no, I am definitely the Winter Soldier to your Falcon. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm the Vision to your Wanda. <laughs> okay, now, now you're getting nasty. All right. No, I'm doing the TV shows, Wanda Vision, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. No, I know that. I know that. I don't want to be Wanda. <laughs> You've got the legs for it. Don't I do have the legs for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is What If, and it's going to be an animated show that will look back at the first 23 movies of Phase 1, 2, and 3 and ask what if a change had been made. So is this considered in the MCU? It's not, yeah. right? Yeah, it is because the voice actors, almost everyone has signed up from the MCU to vo- make their voices in, of their characters in What If. But if it's in the what if, then it's not the same universe. It's just, it could have happened, right? Or right. because it's, it's the, in the multiverse. The multiverse, yep. Well, this but is I think question. it's cool that they're getting talent to voice them. I suppose. I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know. I want continuity and canonicity instead of talent. Well, I guess, but I mean, it's like I think one of, they said one of the episodes is going to be what if uh, Agent Carter got the superhero serum in Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. And so Haley Atwell is coming back and she's going to be voicing it. And Tom Hiddleston is going to be voicing Loki and that kind of stuff in this animated what if, you know, and it's cartoons. If Marvel could get their animation on track by doing this, I'm all for it. Is uh, this is the first animated MCU thing? Yeah. Now, how many episodes did you say this was? Uh, at least 13. Oh, wow. That's a big one. So I had a question about that in Spider-Man because Jake Gyllenhaal Mysterio said this is Universe 616. But because he was a liar, do we even care? Did that even matter? I mean, because it can't be the 616. The MCU is a different number, right? Yeah, also if you look at uh, Eric Selvig's chalkboard in Thor Dark World. He has 616 written on it. Hmm. 
I think it's just about online. You know, I think it's just what? Say that again. I think it's just like a, a throw outline or something, you know, wow. just to like acknowledge. They should have said sixteen ten. I would have been on board with that. That's fine. They didn't. I'm sorry. All right, go on, go on. What's uh, number four? That would be what if. Number <laughs> five is Hawkeye. <laughs> Am I behind again? We got Wandavision. We got Cap and Fal. Oh, Loki and what if? Got got. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. You're taking that B12, right? Yeah, you're taking those B12 shots. Vitamin D milk. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) All right. Uh, The last one is Hawkeye, and that's going to be towards the end of 2021. And that's going to be with Jeremy Renner as he brings up a new person to take the mantle of Hawkeye in Kate Bishop. Yes. That should be good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? That's what we got announced. So where do you think, do you like where these things are going or or not? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm all for it because originally we all thought that, you know, once Endgame, ha- you know, was finished, it was done, you know, for these characters and we're going to get new, some of these newer Marvel people. But they're continuing the story with Falcon and Winter Soldier and Scarlet Witch and, uh, you know, those characters that have been around for a little while. So I'm all for it. What about you? Um, I have mixed feelings. Like, I, I, well, this is probably because of life changes and everything, but, you know, I almost feel like I wish they had closed the chapter and said, okay, we're, we're moving forward with these other characters and not kind of sidestep and do this in-between thing. Um, but you know, I like, I want to make sure I catch up on the characters that I love and they're kind of making a slower transition than I thought they would, especially if they're closing out the infinity saga. It seems like if they're starting a new saga, which, you know, could span three phases, but there's no rules. I mean, it could span four or five phases that the next saga, which would be either annihilation or Galactus or, you know, who knows what it could be. Um, it just seems like they would they would make a lot different. They wouldn't hang on to some of these characters. But then again, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. Then again, the characters didn't cease to exist and they're still in the world, and so they would run into them from time to time. But it, that makes it seem like they would be supporting cast instead of um, having a a Black Widow movie. It would have Black Widow show up in a movie instead of having. A Doctor Strange movie it would have you know Doctor Strange show up in uh, a movie about Brother Voodoo or something like that you know mm-hmm. I gotcha so, I hear you man what do you think about like I've heard that they're going full bore into the diversity and um, racial diver- diversity and then gender diversity and all that kind of stuff does that do you have any opinions on that or no <laughs> Andy you've known me for years I have an opinion on everything <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know. Uh, you gotta be careful. Like in today's age, if you say something that someone interprets different than what you were trying to say, it you're just classified as this xenophobic, you know, homophobic, any any obic that you can put, racist. Like 
I don't think it's obic. I think it's phobic. <laughs> like you're you're out there playing an oboe. Uh, now, see, I need to think of some reason that you're being, you know, haterphobic to me. Phenophobic, <laughs> Fen- right? Isn't that like words? Yeah, phonophobic. Sure. Who knows? I don't even know if I can say, you know, what my thoughts are without being accused of 10,000 labels, but I think anybody that knows me knows that none of those things are, are true, that I am just, I am uh, a hardcore Marvel fan, and I have been for almost 30 years now, which is crazy, because I've just turned 28, <laughs> but I've been a fan forever, and I love these characters so much, and I want to see authentic versions of them brought to the the screen you know i know that earlier i had said you know i like it that they do change it so that it's not completely uh 100 to the comic because then there's no surprise and yes that's what i mean for for storyline absolutely uh but when they don't when they don't act or look like what i'm used to it does throw me off and, and it makes me question you know is the point of changing the character just to change it to try and be cool or be diverse or say that you're woke or is it because you know what we were casting for character x y and z and the person that we that we think is really best for this call doesn't have this color hair or this color skin or whatever that's fine because they're just going to play the best version. I don't really have that big of a problem with that. But when you go out and try to really change the character from its foundation, then that's not really the character. And that's when I have the issue with the the changes. You know, mm. does that make sense? Is that PC enough? <laughs> yes. Did I do good? <laughs> you did great. Air high five. Ka-ching. But, but now you have to answer the same question. Well, I, 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 I want good stories. And so I think there's a lot of great characters that are diverse and minorities and of different colors and different races and uh, female, male. Um, I think that those characters already exist. So bring them to the, the big screen. And I love good stories. Um, I think if you're changing a character... Um, like if Blade was white and he was out there and he looked nothing like the comic and they didn't even try to make him look like the comic, I'd be like, okay, so this is a guy that has the same name but is a total different dude. I mean, that wouldn't make sense to me, right? Because Blade is African-American. That's that's what he is. You know, that's part of his character. Um, So I, I think that's... You know, I mean, there's a reason why they didn't make Monica Rambeau white. because she's black, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I just want good stories. I don't care race, creed, color, religion. I just want good stories. I would love to see uh, a... Uh, oh, man. How come I can't think of her? A St. Croix. What's her name? M. M. Yes, Monet. Yeah. I would love to see a movie with Monet. But, I mean, obviously okay. she's an X-Men, so. But, you know, I mean, it has nothing to do, but just give me a good, if you if you take the character and you are true to the comics on what the character is, then I don't care anything about that stuff. I like it. 
Okay. Well said. All right. I think that anything else about the MCU stuff? I'm just excited, but it's got me on the edge thinking, you know, uh, when do we hear about the X-Men? When do we hear about the Fantastic Four? I, I'm going to have such a hard time with the X-Men just because Logan was so good. It's going to be very difficult to... Terrible. <laughs> Did you say the movie Logan was terrible? Oh, Hated it. Didn't we talk about Did we not talk about I'm sure, I'm sure we did. It's so good, man. It's so good. Oh, man. We're, it's got to be my favorite comic book movie and one of my favorite movies. Get out. <laughs> Leave. Oh, man. I cannot wait to see it with Deidre and show my 12-year-old daughter. I just, I can't, I don't know when the right time is. Never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Jennifer and I were ready to walk out 10 minutes in. It's so good. Anyway, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. All right, so. So, a big comic book came out today. House of X. Yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yesterday, yes. By uh, Jonathan Hickman, right? And who was on art for this? Do we know? Pepe. Laraz. All right, so yeah. this book is strange. Now, Hickman did the Fantastic Four and FF, the Future Foundation, and then he took on New Avengers and Avengers and then uh, went into um, Time Runs Out and the huge crossover Secret Wars. Um, so he has a lot under his belt for Marvel, uh, especially doing two books at once. He also did the series New Warriors. Is that right? No. What were they called? Secret Warriors. Secret. Right. Because it's a secret. So now he's taking on House of X and then Power of Ten, right? It's not Power of X. It's Power of Ten. Is that correct? Power of Ten. Yep. And so they are both six-issue miniseries that go all the way through October, uh, starting yesterday through October. And then it's going to change the face of all the X-Men titles. Uh, and then he will write at least one or two of those core X-Men books. Is that correct? Yeah, he's got two of them. Okay. All right. So let's kind of walk through this. There's a ton here. It's like a 50-page book. Um, and in his own fashion, his design sense, I'm sure he designed the book as well. It's kind of like dossier files and uh, data files with background information. Um, but I think the the essential information, the backdrop is that... Um, allegedly, Charles Xavier has set up different habitats around the planet from Krakoa. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay, from the mutant island or mutant creature of Krakoa and kind of set up different uh, growing areas, uh, all culminating on the island of Krakoa itself. And, you know, uh, Deadly Genesis was based on this by Brubaker, uh, kicking off Brubaker's run, but it all harkens back way long ago to early uh, X-Men. What Around when was it? That'd be 1975 with Giant Size X-Men. Okay, Giant Size X-Men number one, is that the first one with Storm and Logan, maybe? Yep, Storm, well, Wolverine had already appeared in Hulk, but Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, uh, Thunderbird, that was the giant size X-Men, the new X-Men. Okay. All right, so it's hearkening all the way back to giant size X-Men number one. So we see, uh, like, mutants being hatched out of the tree, and uh, Charles Xavier wearing his 
weirdo ex-helmet, which he actually looks like the Reed Richards from the 1610, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Absolutely. Interesting. Um, and then we see the Krakoa flower being planted, plucked and planted in different areas around the world um, and on Mars, apparently. And I think this breeds portals around the world. Is that true? Is that what you gathered? Yeah, there's three different kinds. Okay, so, but they have the portals, but then they have these flowers, which they have turned into different medicines. And so um, they've taken over the island of Krakoa. They want to be their own nation. They want to be recognized as their own nation. The mutants do. This is Charles Xavier and Magneto and then a bunch of Omega-11 mutants. And they've created these three different medicines. And uh, let's see, what do each of them do? We've got drug L. Which is for the so there are three for humans and there are three for mutants, and for humans, drug L produces uh, the this flower produces a drug that extends the life of a human for five years. Drug I uh, is a flower that produces an adaptive universal antibiotic, like a super drug, and drug M produces a drug that cures diseases of the mind in humans. Okay. And then there are three for mutants. Uh, one is the, well, what the flowers of Krakoa do. One is, like you had said, one provides a gateway, like a portal uh, between the Krakoas. One is a habitat, which would be a self-sustaining environment made of Krakoa. And then one is called No Place. And this non-naturally occurring flower produces a habitat that exists outside of the collective consciousness of Krakoa, a place within the island ecosystem that Krakoa doesn't know exists. A Krakoan tumor. Oh, interesting. Hmm. All right, so we different we see different uh, habitats. We see people going through the portals and uh, arriving on the Krakoan island. Uh, we see different characters and um, Cipher and Sage and uh, a lot of different characters all coming together. Logan's there. Professor X is there, and you get the sense that something's going on with Professor X and he's either manipulating their minds or something's going on where he's not totally legit. Um, I think the alternate to this is the uh, a project called, I'm getting to it, the Orcus. Okay, so Orcus is a, is a group made up from AIM, Shield, Strike, Sword, Alpha Flight, Hammer, Armor, and Hydra. So a lot of different organizations making up this one organization um and basically it's just in case things get out of control um and so they have a couple space stations uh one specific that we know about and they kind of gauge events with territory with uh technology with society and if things start to take place then they start to kind of ramp up these um these protocols to make sure that mankind is going to be safe. So we see this ramping up a little bit um, because of what Charles Xavier is doing. Uh, wanting to become a nation, buying a ph pharmaceutical company to make these drugs to offer to mankind. And so basically we see this group uh, kind of ranking up a little bit while Charles and Magneto invite these uh, ambassadors from different countries over and say, hey, we will give you these drugs that will obviously help your people um, if you recognize us as a nation. 
and so that's kind of the proposal there and they have you know ambassadors from different nations uh anything else to add to that no man you are killing it keep going so at the same time as this is going on, it's all saying the stage and everything. There is some action. We see Mystique and Sabretooth and Toad, and they're stealing some data from uh, damage control and data and technology from damage control. And we learn that uh, Reed Richards and Iron Man have tried desperately to make sure that their tech does not fall into damage control hands or anybody else's hands. And a lot of times the way they do that is by saying that if I die, I'm leaving it to Tony Stark. And if I die, I'm leaving it to Reed Richards. Well, because Reed was gone for a long period of time and Tony Stark was dead for a long period of time, that's when Damage Control and some of these other groups were able to seize some of their technology. So um, they're stealing this technology and this data, but then the Fantastic Four show up and Mystique and Toad escape, but Sabretooth is detained. And um, all of a sudden, Scott Summers, Cyclops, shows up. And he tells them, okay, well, I'm going to take Sabretooth off your hands. And um, the Fantastic Four are saying, well, we just caught him. And he says, yeah, well, you know, we're going to give him amnesty, our nation of Krakoa. And they're like, wait a minute, why? He's broken several laws. He probably killed some of those guards back there. Why would you do that? And he said, well, you know, we have to have a wide berth for this new beginning for our nation. And we have to make sure that we're looking out for our own. And so Reed says, well, wait a minute, I got a huge problem with that if that's what you're doing here. And Scott says, well, we um, will deal with this later and in a different way, and you can have him, but just know that we're, we're coming back for him. And then uh, Sue is kind of like, well, wait a minute, if, if you're all about this, what's going on here? What are you guys thinking? Like, this isn't right. And... Uh, this is what Cyclops responds. It's really very simple, Susan. I believe in what Charles Xavier is doing. Uh, my family spent our entire lives being hunted and hated. The world has told me that I was less when I knew I was more. Did you honestly think that we would just sit around forever and just take it? And so it's kind of hit them drawing a line in the sand saying, we're not going to take this anymore. Mutants aren't going to take this. We're going to be respected. We're not going to protect those who hate us. We are going to form our own nation. We have our own language. Um, and then he says something very uh, interesting at the end. He says, tell your son hi, because Franklin is a mutant. And he says when he's ready, he has family in Krakoa waiting for him. Uh, and that's very interesting because obviously the Fantastic Four is the first family, basically. That's how Marvel through the years has marketed them. This is the family of superheroes. And so uh, Cyclops is making a dig or a play on that saying that you're not really his family. And when he wants family, let him know that he's welcome to come. And so he's drawing a line and kind of kind of chipping away. And Hickman is chipping away at the very foundation of what are the X-Men about and what is Marvel about. Uh, let's re-look at the, the status quo, uh, but also the assumption and perceptions um, of the Marvel Universe. And so we don't know where that's going to lead here. Um, I, at the end we kind of see uh, we have Magneto looking at somebody who a, a, a telepath who is that is that Emma Frost what page are you on uh, 42 43 somewhere toward the end where he's saying <laughs> what have we learned um, sorry sorry <laughs> 
No, that's all right. I'm sorry. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. But this telepath, I think it's Emma Frost, is going through all of these ambassadors and saying, like, these aren't real ambassadors. They're people who uh, are here to negotiate on, on behalf of these countries, but these countries wouldn't risk their real ambassadors. They are people who have been trained, and they these individuals are ready to take the bargain this one is not and this one has a weapon and so magneto dispenses of the weapon um and he says i know the truth you know uh some would be offended at the at a wolf presenting as a sheep but i have learned hard lessons from your kind so i know the truth you are all wolves um and he and the guy says you know what this sounds like he sounds like you're threatening us um and at the very end he says uh, Magneto says to the group in Jerusalem this is in the Jerusalem habitat he says I wanted you I needed you to understand you have new gods now and so again he's going at the very foundation of all of mankind um, because it's striking at their religion striking at what they believe striking at their stability and security um so very interesting. And then it, it finishes up with some design from Jonathan Hickman about the two series. And some of these, it gives dates for each issue and everything. And some of these are in red, and some of them are in black. I think it's very interesting that some of these are in red. We'll have to see what those yeah. what those are. That was one of the cuckoos, not Emma. Oh, was it? So Esmir yeah. or Sophie or something? Yeah. I was very happy when they showed up. I really like them. So, anyway, what did you think of this? Uh, it reminded me a lot of the first uh, Avengers when when he had taken over and was kind of world building. You know, with his first couple issues when Hickman. Oh yeah, with Aleph and yeah, Yes, I was just like, what is going on? So I think that I need a couple more issues till I can. Uh, kind of figure things out because it seems like a whole like a lot got thrown at me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, there weren't a lot of X Men in this issue. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know that this is really Professor X. I don't know. I'm just not sure. You know that he he was unavailable. He's not showing his face. Uh, none of the X Men. When they were pl- making those plants, when they were taking Krakoas around, none of them were showing their face. Uh, Magneto seems to have come in and taken a large role in this new world of mutants. Uh, and it seems to be okay with the X-Men. So I just have a lot of... I need to read it all right now. I need the other the next 11 issues to come out. So I know what's going on because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the thing with Pickman stuff too, while I loved his Avengers run, when he started Avengers, it seemed like there was a big gap to get to where he started his story. Hmm. Like he's like, oh, I'm not going to really tell you how we got to all this thing, but this is where we are. And yes. that's how this is as well. Yes. Yep. There are so many characters that appeared in this issue that have just died in the past couple weeks. Like, how are they back already? Uh, why is Jean in her old suit? Wolverine is playing with kids. How did you figure out that Krakoa can all of a sudden do these things? Krakoa used to just be this 
Island, and then he helped with the Jean Grey School, and then he was running around with Quentin Choir for a while. But now he can make a flower that teleports you? And what? Yeah. How did that all happen? And and that's I'm very interested in this story that he's going to be telling us, but that is one thing. He doesn't necessarily take the continuity and say, like he takes artifacts from the continuity, the old stuff and say, Oh, I remember this. I'm taking this piece from that. I'm taking this piece from that, but he doesn't start where you're at, you know? And that was one thing that when he did do that with new Avengers and Avengers, with what was going on in Dan Slott's run with uh, superior Spider-Man, it seemed really out of place. And so I almost wish he was telling the story in a bubble for that other one, and it wasn't continuity. And this one, it seems like it seems like it would be a better fit if it was a, a limited series, and it, they just say, okay, it takes place sometime during this this era, or and it, it totally happens outside. You know how, how Earth X it it didn't matter what was going on in any of the other titles at the time that Earth X was coming out because it was his own thing, mm-hmm. and. I almost wish that this was its own thing because I'm extremely interested in the story. But for you who is very interested in the continuity of the current uh, characters and for me who is saying, well, wait a minute. I mean, you just you expect me to believe that all this happened in the last seven months and we didn't read anything about it. Like it just all of a sudden we have this Orcus base up there and they have their own island and they have somehow talked everybody into saying hey you know how we uh, swore to protect all these people and we're you know we, we really want to integrate and have peace and everything well we're all coming to an island remember when genosha worked out so well like yes. we're gonna do that we're gonna do that again remember asteroid m we're gonna do that again like how do you talk to these people into uprooting their lives and moving you know what yeah and with it their whole mission statement seems to be the antithesis of peaceful coexistence. It seems to be much more militaristic and Magneto-like in the, you know, even how Cyclops was acting. You know, this is our island. Uh, you are humans. You are not welcome. Uh, making the comparisons that Magneto was making at the end. We are gods. This is not peaceful coexistence. Of uh, all the characters in this whole thing, Scott seemed the most on point. <laughs> well, he was kind of shady. He was definitely shading the Fantastic Four with, you know, well, tell your son that, you know, oh, we yeah. said, oh, his real family, and he can come, but you guys will never be welcome. Like, he's doing exactly what they don't want to happen. They want to be included, and instead they are pushing others away and saying, you're not included. Yeah. And I, I, again, I'm excited to read the story. I think he's a great storyteller, a great world builder. But when are we going to see Charles in a good light again? You know, they have ripped him to shreds for the past 15 years. Yeah. Like, is he just, he's never going to be a good guy again? He's never going to be like a, a wholesome, uh, always do everything right and care for others person again is he just going to use might makes right uh philosophy for the rest of his life like is that all we're ever going to see him again so i hope there's more to this or i hope it's completely absent and separate from continuity oh it's not going to be absent i i mean they're calling this the 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 new the new yeah so i'm interested but i am nervous yeah, I think the art was great. I think 
he he drew some of the the original five X Men uh, title, whatever title they were. Were they in New X Men or Uncanny or whatever they were? Uh, Pepe Labraz. So I really like his art. Yeah. That page forty three where the light is behind Magneto, just wow, is really yeah. good. and and the the space drawings with the the mother mold sentinel that was up there. Wow, that was really good too. Yeah, what do you think about the uh, Omega Omega Sentinel being up there? Yeah, why? That's another question. You know, why are all the mutants down on Earth, including Sabretooth and Mystique, all united together, but she's not? Well, she's a Sentinel. She's not a mutant, correct? Well, she was a part of the X Men, though. Uh, yeah, back in Mike Carey's run a long time ago. Right. So and that was a it was a weird weird run i don't know i don't know but he is using a, a vast uh cast you know everybody i mean there were cameos by tons of characters that you, know, you haven't seen for a while i didn't see cannonball come on <laughs> is he your is he your guy well yeah he used them uh in new avengers going to space and having a family and everything it was weird so he does not need to be used again, then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sunspot, what about him? He's dead. That's a shame. But so is Banshee. He's, he was in this issue. Right. <laughs> I saw him. Okay. So any last thoughts on this? I mean, it, it's it's very much a wait and see. But, I mean, the design quality of it is fantastic. Um, I liked how they had uh, kind of the geography map uh, of uh, the Krakoan Island. House of X, House of M, Arbor Magna, uh, the Oracle, the Grove, the Cradle. I mean, very Hickman-esque. Oh, without a doubt. This has his, his writing all over it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he... What I, I'm excited to see him come back to Marvel after all this time. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, think of how many people he had to sell on this story. And they all like, think it's great. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I was a... If I was, Ed Brisson or Bryson mm-hmm. right now, and I was doing like my thing, I'd be a little miffed. <laughs> you want to do what? <laughs> and you want me to tell everyone that I'm on board with this? <laughs> you know, there's got to be some egos that go into that. I, I think that the way they presented it in the media, however, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all going to change. But we all love the story. We all think it's great. And, you know, everybody was on board and sold the act. Like, I think they protest too much. I think that there was some ruffled feathers and that they were. I mean, this is all conjecture. What do I know? But I think some people really got their feelings hurt because some big name guy came in and is going to make Marvel a lot of money. And so that he gets to do things his way. Now, I, he's talented. <laughs> absolutely. But, I mean, it just seems like. Okay, so he's the boss now. Got it. Okay. I know. The stuff that you've been writing, I need you to go ahead and wrap that up, and it's not going to really count that much. Right, yeah. Oh, it's... But, I mean, he is nice. I read an interview with him where he one time, some a fan came up to him at a convention and was telling him, and he was like, I think what's going to happen is this and this and this and this and this. Um, and I think it was his Avengers run or was his Fantastic Four run. And Hickman was just like, oh, no, actually, what's, what it is is this, or none of that stuff happens. And he just saw the dude who he was talking to just sink, like his shoulders sunk in and everything. And he said in the interview, 
when I was a younger writer, I just wanted everybody to know how clever I was. But now I see that it's way better just to have everybody's imagination keep going and hope that they're right. And, you know, let them enjoy the story for what it is and from where they are in it. Um, and not worry about making people know that I'm clever. I mean, that to me, that's that's a lot of maturity right there. If you can follow through on it and, and be humble like that. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of gets my vote there on that. No, that's great. I think So anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, just the last thing with this is we're again going towards there being this amount of mutants that is just out of control. They're not part of the the whole crux of the X-Men is that, you know, the mutants is that they are a minority and they're feared and hated because they're different. And that's that's what I enjoy about Grant Morrison's run. Like, I don't know if I enjoyed, but, you know, I appreciated how he brought the the mutants down uh, in Genosha and then with House of M how that wiped it down back to these small numbers where it was rare to see a mutant and I thought that was a great story it wasn't really executed maybe the best but I thought it was a great storytelling point and it just wasn't done well after the initial uh, No More Mutants you know there were only 198 I don't think the writers really took it where it could have gone. And now, you know, 15 years later, we're back at, I mean, there's going to be more mutants than humans in the next 20 years, right. 10 years yeah. or whatever. Oh, been there, done that. <laughs> I tried to fix that. You know, it's just, uh, it's not rare to see someone fly through the sky with wings because everyone is a mutant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have that struggle from here on out. Uh, they either have too few or too many, or they just ignore it, you know? Yeah, they got to... How do you get that genie back in the bottle unless you make a deal with Mephisto by whispering into your wife's ear? I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know, but that's what I, I liked. You know, it's... I don't know. When you, when you heal Tony Stark's heart and he doesn't need the suit anymore, or you take the superhero soldier serum out of Captain America, you kind of lose that foundation. And that's what the, the X-Men, the best X-Men stories for me are they're on the run, they're feared and hated, or they're hiding in plain sight in Westchester, or they've had to fake their death in Texas and go live in Australia, that kind of stuff. And now there's just like out and proud Cyclops is running the show. <laughs> well, and I... I... I hope that there's more to this than meets the eye um, because of that reason, you know, because it doesn't jive with their normal plan and um, we'll just have to wait and see. Right. We only have like 40 pages to make the whole determination of the next 40 years of Marvel on. So <laughs> right. I won't right. try not to totally bomb it out. And I, I, I bet you this ties into when they're going to introduce it in the MCU too. I mean, they're, they're setting the stage just mm-hmm. like, uh, in humanity, um, they were setting the stage years before with Matt Fraction and Charles Soule um, to gear up for Inhumans, and it never materialized. But they, when they made the first annou- announcements of the movies, that's when Inhumanity was coming out. And so they were trying to set the stage, trying to gauge the crowd, 
uh, and then you know they did the TV show instead of the movie. Hmm. Good point. So we need to watch the next MCU stuff for flowers showing up. Well, I mean, obviously we already did that with Guardians of the Galaxy two. So everybody loved it. And now we're doing the comics. Hmm. No. Anyway. All right. Well, this is the M6P. You can follow us at Twitter at the M6P. You can email us at m6plc at gmail.com. Go to our website, uh, m6theM6P.com. Yes, you can also check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter under the M6P. And you can be a part of our show by giving us a call at 616-755-TINA, where we will play your question or comment on the air. And we are sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Service, DCBService.com, the best place on the internet to get all your single issues 40% off on all Marvel stuff. We're also sponsored by CRPSavings.com, which is Community Retail Partnership. They are a discount membership service for all the products and all the things that you need from Office Depot. So check them out at CRPSavings.com. We're also sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com. Any web solutions you need, check out michaelwebsolutions.com. And lastly, we're sponsored by themarvelousbox.com. For $25 a quarter or $90 for an entire year, you get over $100 worth of Marvel graphic novels, only the best stories, sent directly to your front door or your back door or your garage or your post office box. And you're going to love it. It's great. So check out themarvelousbox.com. All right. And until next time, this is the M6P. (laughs) 